From 87 Lafayette, this is CoronaPod. I'm Adam. And I'm Matt. Adam, I'm really excited about our guest today. Yeah, um, super excited. I, uh, in this trying time, it's awesome to get to talk to people who are doing something that has a real-world impact on the people around us. Mm -hmm. And Simone and the folks at Invisible Hands are absolutely doing that. And I'm so excited to hear the story from Genesis to what it's doing now. Yeah, me too. Well, you know, I think what Simone has to say is way more valuable than anything we could talk about. So I think we should just get right to it and give her a call. How does that sound? I think that's a great idea. This always makes me nervous. You know, I always wonder how people on the air manage to just kill time and hey, just talk. Time. I can't get to the phone right now, but if you leave me a message, I'll call you back as soon as I can. Thank you. Well, we got the right number. Uh, but should we leave a message? message? Should we leave a message? Yeah, let's leave a message. Hey, Simone. It's uh, Matt and Adam from CoronaPod. Super hey. excited to uh, talk to you. Know you have been blowing up recently, and uh, Joe Biden talked about you guys yesterday on his Facebook, so... If you're on the phone with Joe, you know, whenever that finishes up, feel free to uh, just give us a call back. And don't forget to plug the podcast to Joe. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right. So, Adam, now we got to kill some time until Simone calls us back. Yeah. Um, well, you and I just had a brutal workout. Yeah, that was really, really hard. But it's exciting. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? We're doing well. Welcome to CoronaPod. Hey, Simone. Yay, hi. Well, um, we love, we're, we're so excited to have you on the show. Uh, you know, we are a, a podcast that is absolutely blowing up, so you are definitely, <laughs> you know, I'm sure we were high on your uh, engagement priority list, but we'd love to kind of get the story of how Invisible Hand started. I saw your initial Facebook post asking what you could do to help in this trying time, and we'd love to hear kind of what happened from there. Um, yeah, I mean, that is, like, where it all started, which is, at this point, just wild. Um, I mean, like, the backstory on that is I was coming home from, I don't know, somewhere that I was on the subway, and, um, I was walking by the supermarket near my apartment, and I saw all these elderly people, like, walking into and out of the grocery store, and I just remember thinking, like, that feels like not what should be happening. Like, I, I remember being like, should I ask if I can buy their stuff for them? Like, how, what should I do here? And um, then I went home and I posted that basic status. And a lot of people reached out basically being like, I don't know the infrastructure that's doing this, but, um, like, I would love to volunteer if you find someone that is. Uh, so, like, you know, write my name down or whatever. So I started coming up with a list of volunteers. And then Liam Elkins, who is Zach Elkins, who was the year below me, the year below us at Hunter, his brother. Um, I've known Zach forever, and I was from, like, the elementary school and stuff. And so I've known Liam forever. So Liam basically called me and was like, hey, I saw your status. I love that idea. Like, let's do this. And 
Um, so we basically made a Squarespace, as all, you know, big um, organizations do. Um, <laughs> and made a Squarespace and just started collecting, like, more volunteers. And then we went live with the site, I think, two Saturdays ago and started getting, you know, a couple delivery requests and, like, building up the volunteer base. And then um, this amazing girl named Keely, who is, in fact, Alec Gerson's girlfriend, um, Alec uh, connected Keely and I because I think she had had a similar idea. And he was like, oh, a girl from my high school is actually doing this. Um, So he put us in touch with her, and then, like, she came on board, and we all started working on it. And then I, you know as well as I do the rest of it. Like, it was just, it's just been kind of crazy. Like, it just... It went from a Facebook post to, like, it, I, we, we woke up on Monday, like, the following Monday or whatever, like, two days later, and just people had found us, and I still don't exactly know how, but I think that's sort of the beauty of the internet, is, like, definitely you're found, and then you can't be unfound, so you're just found. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've been, uh, a lot of people have talked about how the internet is finally a, a place for good, uh, once and again. Yes. How many uh, volunteers and how many people are you helping right now? Well, we have uh, 7,500 volunteers as of today, which is an insane number because a week and a half ago we had like 10. Um, we did, we actually just found out that they started working at um, 9 o'clock this morning and by 2 p.m. they had broken 100 deliveries, which is amazing. Um, it's, our, it's our biggest day yet. So we're up to about 375, maybe 400 deliveries, um, which is just Amazing. I don't know. I'm like, the, the thank you notes we get from people, and just, you forget, like, every single one of the people who is in that number is someone who, like, was scared and said they wouldn't get food and was feeling lonely, and someone that we were able to help, which is kind of wild. And for, for our listeners who want to volunteer or want to tell their grandparents in a different, you know, borough, what's the, uh, what's the website where people can find this? The website is invisiblehandsdeliver.com. And you can fill out a delivery request, or you can sign up to volunteer. It's all right there on the website. Well, that sounds fantastic. We may uh, we may well volunteer ourselves. I'm wondering how are people Yay. how are the people who you're delivering to finding out about you? What are you doing to spread the word to those folks uh, who may be a little less online than than our generation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is sort of the biggest question is, like, how how does that happen and how do we get that outreach? Um, well, our, first of all, the amazing Alex Bresson is a, a big part of that. Um, he's been so wonderful helping us. Um, but I think largely it's about reaching out to, you know, smaller community members or community centers. Um, we did some outreach to, uh, like, or, like, well, since sort of press kind of ramped up, we've um, gotten a lot of, in contact with a lot of churches and synagogues and, like, various community organizations that have basically been, been sharing our information, and we have a lot of flyers uh, that have been posted up around town, and that, I think, a lot of, like, outside grocery stores and, you know, uh, which seems counterintuitive, but the whole idea is that, you know, people go into the grocery store and... They see our um, flyer, and hopefully they leave and don't come back so we can go in for them. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of just kind of putting, we're about 20, 20 somethings putting ourselves in the mind of, you know, 70 or 80 year olds being like, how do we reach these populations? So it's been a really interesting experience. And 
What are you hearing from those folks uh, who you're helping as the virus spreads, as the situation in New York feels more and more like a crisis? Um, yeah. what, are you, what are you hearing from those folks? I, I imagine a lot of them um, are feeling really helped by what you're doing, but also probably still feeling pretty scared. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think a big part of how this all started was, you know, us being like, what can we do, like, as, you know, just some healthy young people, we can't solve the big problems, so let's try to solve the small ones and try to kind of get people some groceries, and I think what we're doing, you know, is it, great for them, and, and I think it's obviously a need and it's really helpful, but yeah, I mean, we're not solving the crisis, and I, I don't think anyone can solve the crisis right now, just, you know, everyone's working to, but... People are definitely scared, and people are really, um, I don't know, really unsure of just what is going to happen, which is, I think, the serious part, because I was just saying this to my mom, like, I do not envy parents right now, because I wouldn't know how to explain this to my kid, and I wouldn't know how to make my kid feel safe, and I think that's really scary because once you're dealing with something that like the quote unquote real adults like don't understand or don't know how to fix then you're in territory of like oh wow this is really kind of this is really not not great and I think a lot of the older folks have become this weird sort of Lord of the Flies thing where no I mean now people are young people are getting sick too but initially when it was just like you know the older people are the ones way more at risk it's this weird thing where the younger folks have to help out the older folk and that is sort of a it's throwing the whole thing on its head, I think. One thing that, as I, I've read about uh, Invisible Hands, is that there, there are unin- unintended positive consequences of this. Can you talk about how, you know, it's not just having food delivered, but also seeing another face, how important that has been to some people who live on their own and otherwise wouldn't, wouldn't be communicating with anyone? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that has definitely become a big thing that, you know, the, the way it works when you get paired with a volunteer is that they call you directly and you, you know, chat with them on the phone and you tell them a little bit about yourself and you get kind of a buddy. And I think that that is, you know, a huge part of this. But um, the, the, the social sort of ramifications of this whole thing and how scary social social isolation is, and something that we say a lot here at Invisible Hands is um, it's, you know, I think it's wrong that people call it social distancing because I think what it really is is physical distancing, but I don't think that needs to create social isolation. And, you know, we, you get a fun young person calling you who's going to bring you your deliveries and you just get to kind of have a nice chat. And I think that it becomes like almost like this buddy system thing where you just get to, you know, talk to someone and try to kind of forget about everything that's going on and... It sucks because it's really, it is so dark, but I think to have a, someone check in on you, that could be their only social interaction of the day. Like, you have no idea. Yeah, absolutely. My, my grandparents are, are always happy when I give them the call, but not everyone has uh, grandkids who will call them every day, so the chance to have someone. Yeah, exactly. What's, um, as you think about what's next, right, you've, you've had a lot of success. Is the goal right now to help as many people in pos- as possible in New York City? Or is it to expand to other cities? Are there other services you're um, looking into where you can kind of help people in the same way? What are you guys thinking about? Or is it just 
day in, day out, let's keep doing what we're doing right now because it works? I think right now we're thinking 25 things at once all the time because so much is felt like this just happens so quickly. Um, we're definitely like, we want to, you know, keep doing what we're doing in New York and, and we're having a really positive impact and, you know, to continue not. But yeah, we are absolutely in conversations with uh, software developers about, you know, making this into an app and making this into something that can expand. And literally I had call with two different software people today um, being like, how do we make this scalable? And I think the answer to that is automated. Um, and so that's kind of the next thing that we're looking at is getting this to a place where it can, you know, be live in LA, live in San Fran, live in Boston. Um, and then in terms of the other services, this is also a thing we've been thinking about a lot is like, you know, we just like wanting to offer companion calls and, you know, you don't have to want need to get a delivery just to chat with someone. Or um, what was another? I think of another thing. Oh, people like like dog walking and things like that. We kind of want to like focus on first doing what we are doing well. Um, but I absolutely love the idea of like seeing, you know, where is it, where is it going to go from here? Because this was initially created as like a stopgap kind of crisis um, response thing, and it is that. But I I think it's gotten bigger than that, which is which is really cool, or at least it has the potential to get bigger than that. You know, you've gotten a ton of media attention over the past few days, including a shout-out from Joe Biden. What's that been yeah, like? Can we talk about that? That was, the, that was the craziest thing that's ever happened. Had, did you see it, or did someone bring it to your attention? Um, I have a group chat with me, Liam, and Keely, the, the other co-founders, I think Healy, I think Liam maybe texted it and was just like, excuse me? And it, I mean, the whole thing like just truly feels vaguely surreal. Um, but that was, I mean, that was another level. Like, whoa. <laughs> but yes, I'm sorry, what was your question? No, just what it's, what it's been like the past few days to all of a sudden have a tremendous amount of media attention. I saw you were profiled in Vogue, I think. Um, you've gotten written up in the AP and lots of different places. So... Um, how has that changed what your work has been like, and um, how has that changed how you felt about your work over the past few days to get all of this recognition? Yeah, um, I, th I think I truly like haven't processed a single thing that's happened, which I mean in like a good way. I just it's all happened so quickly, and like we're we're um, experiencing it as we as we do it. So you know we. Like, we'll, we'll do a great, really cool, exciting press thing, and then we'll, you know, go back to doing emails and then jump on the phone with the tech developer, and it's just, like, it, it truly is an, it's an all-day thing, which is amazing. Like, I'm so, you know, thrilled to, to get to do it, but I think, it, I think it's one of those things we're in, you know, two weeks. I mean, this whole thing is only 10 days old, so I think it's one of those things we're in, like, two weeks or so. I'm going to finally stop sprinting this marathon and just, like, sit for a second and be like, what just happened? <laughs> so... I think, I mean, it, it's great. There's no other way to put it. Like, it's, it's really exciting. Um, and just kind of kind of surreal. I think, but honestly, like, I think, look, the press is, like, cool and exciting and all that stuff, but I think the press that we've been most excited about is, is like, honestly, a lot of the local press because that is where a lot of um, delivery requests come from. Like, we had a great little thing on New York One and then got a ton of delivery requests because, you know, people are... Older people are home alone watching New York One. And, um, but, but also the national news has given us 
sort of hope that expanding will be successful because there is so much need for this, like around the country and the world. So people, we get people reaching out like, hey, I'm in Kentucky, can I volunteer? Or like, hey, I'm in Wyoming, can you bring me groceries? And it's like, not yet, but I think we hopefully will be able to, you know, not before too long. Right. I think the other thing for me is that it's really helpful for people to have a positive story, right? And even if they can't use yeah, the absolutely. app, hopefully there are people who read the story and think, sure, maybe I'm not in Wyoming yet, you know, but I'm in Wyoming and there are people here. I can, I can call someone up and ask if they need help. You know, the, the software is what yeah. facilitates it on a mass scale, but it, it encourages people to do the right thing right now. And so on that yeah. on that note, Simone, if there are people listening, all of our uh, you know millions and millions of listeners who <laughs> who may not be in New York, who may be listening from California or from the middle of the country or really anywhere, and who may not be able to volunteer for Invisible Hands but want to help out in some way, what would you tell them to do? Um, I think the best thing that I can suggest is, like, start in your specific communities, not just, like, oh, I live, you know, in this borough or this whatever, but, like, look to, I don't know, this. try to put yourself in the brain of an 80-year-old person in your neighborhood and be, like, where would they go for news or where would they go for this and, like, try to, you know, slip flyers in their door. They're even just on a flyer. I mean, you can... Like, I have a lot of friends who've just been writing their neighbor's notes and slipping them under doors, like, hey, if you need me to go get you something, you know, whatever, um, and collect other people who want to do that, and then just, you know, I think just just do it in a smaller, or I'm not going to say smaller, but do it in that way. And for all you know, I mean, look, we I made a Squarespace, and then this happened. Like, you know, I think you just got to put the effort out there and see what happens, um, but a bunch of like-minded people who really just want to help. I think is more powerful than people realize. And also don't feel helpless. Cause I think the hardest part is when people it's like, Oh, it's too big. It's, I can't, I can't help. And it's like, you, do you guys know that story about like the girl and the starfish? Have you ever heard about that? No. So there's this like, I don't know, old fable or whatever about this old man was walking down the beach and you know, he saw this young girl on the beach picking things up and, and throwing them into the water. And when he got closer to her, he realized that she was throwing starfish into the water. And there was hundreds and hundreds of starfish washed up on the beach. And he was like, you know, little girl, what, what are you doing? And she was like, well, the, the tide is going out, the surf is up, and if I don't throw these starfish back, they're, they're all going to dry up and they're going to die. And the old man was like, well, how are you possibly going to, there's hundreds of starfish, how are you possibly going to throw them all back? Like, you can't possibly make a difference. And she picked up one starfish and threw it in and said, you know what, I made a difference to that one. And I think that's the way that you have to think about stuff like this, because no, you're not going to be able to solve the coronavirus crisis, but if you can get your neighbor groceries and they have no other way of getting it, then you just, you threw that starfish back in. So, there you go. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's so nice to hear that as we're all cooped up in our apartments, like, you can, you can literally do something, um and, you know, make, make such a big impact, one, one starfish at a time. Absolutely, and also I think truly, like, a, a specific thing, call your grandparents and, like, call, you know, other people in your, li in your life who might, you know, be homebound or anything like that, because I really think something we have seen is just, you know, people are grateful for the groceries, but they just love, 
they just love talking to a fun young person. And like one of the Liam, um, he has been doing um, a bunch of deliveries. I've been tomorrow is my actual last day of quarantine, which I'm thrilled about because I have not left my apartment in two weeks. But um, Liam has been out doing some deliveries. Now one of the uh, he delivered to is trying to set him up with a granddaughter. So you know, like. Anything is possible. Go make a friend. Anything is possible on the Upper West Side. Well, Simone, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for all the great work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, have a great evening, and uh, good luck with anything. Thank you, Simone. Thank you. Bye. It It is so great to hear someone who is doing something positive, and that's making a real difference for a lot of people, actually. Yeah, it is. It's it's so nice to finally hear a positive story. So much of this podcast has been talking about people not doing enough. Um, but last night, talking about how the visual arts are reconnecting across the world and how that can be positive. And then tonight with bringing people not just groceries, but community. It's, it's fantastic. It, I couldn't be happier to hear about it. And... You know, I think we talked about this a few days ago. A friend of mine said that they wish there were a draft or something that they could enlist in to help fight this virus, but they feel bad because the only thing they can do is sit on their couch. But it turns out that's not actually true. You can make art. You can help bring groceries to people. But even smaller than that, you can, as Simone said, just give your grandparents a call and stay in touch and really just try to be helpful to others. This is Coronapod. Thanks for listening. And until next time, stay healthy. Coronapod is brought to you by Momo the Cat. Follow her at Momo underscore is underscore a underscore cat.